You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Is Arceus a god of time or of space? And is our god in time and space? Today, we will be discussing Pokemon Legends Arceus, the new Nintendo Switch game. Uh, well, new-ish. Um, this episode is primarily for people who are already Pokemon fans. So if you haven't played the games, uh, it might be a little bit harder to follow along on this one. If you have played the games, hopefully you enjoy this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode number 42. We are the priest of the geeks. And when I say that, I don't mean that we're actually ordained priest. Neither of us are. Uh, it's just the priest in the biblical sense of being mediator between culture and the church. Um, it's not a Trojan horse kind of trap thing. This is just we actually just really like Pokemon and want to talk about it and think about it on a little bit of a deeper scale than normal. All right. And big thanks to Ryan Does, who joined our Patreon at the Dwarves and Elves tier. He also runs his own podcast, Across the Bifrost, which is all about Marvel's Thor. And some of our hosts have been known to guest on his show, too. And we couldn't do the show without you, Ryan. Yeah, I am Joshua Knoll. I am a fourth year biblical studies student at North Greenville University. And I uh, I'll do two here. I intentionally chose to be on episode 42, to make an episode I was going to do 42. If you know why, you know. Um, also, uh, recently, I got to go to Florida for vacation and uh, spent a day at the pool catching up on my comics and comiXology, and it was really nice. All right, and I am TJ Blackwell. I am alive and kicking, and I've been really into Dying Light 2 lately with uh, an unfortunately long pause to play Pokemon Legends Arceus, as good as it is. Man, Dying Light 2 is incredible. Yeah. You're going to be doing an episode on that soon, too, aren't you? Yep. Nice. Well, guys, check back in for whenever that episode is. All right. But now, now it's time for today's subject. All right. Today we're talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, the newest I, I guess it's mainline. I wouldn't say it is mainline, actually, but the newest home console Pokemon game. Yeah, I don't know whether to make this like where this falls on, like. What kind of Pokemon game it is, it's a whole new creature. I like it a lot more personally. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, first, let's just go ahead. Get to the punchline, TJ. Uh, zero to ten. Where are you rating this? So I haven't finished the game. And a lot of how good a Pokemon game is these days is how good it is after you beat the story. So this number will probably change. But for now, I want to give it a solid 9 out of 10. Nice, nice. I don't typically play Pokemon games after I beat the main storyline. Although I could see myself continuing to play this one just because of the side missions and stuff. I'm going to struggle. I'm going to make this the first 10 I give anything. Uh, I do have one issue with the game, so it's not actually perfect. But I can't think of a way to change the issue that I have. So I'm just going to give it a 10. I'm just going to go ahead and bite the bullet and make this the first thing that I rate 10 out of 10. All right. So how far are you into the game? I'm still in that second section. I, I was once I got through that incredibly long intro, which is the one problem I had with this game. Um, I started flying through the story. And then I was like, wait a minute. 
let me try one of these side missions. And I have just been doing a ton of side missions, just traveling around the two lanes that I currently have access to. And for some reason, nothing has quite inspired me yet to move on to other parts of the game, probably because the parts I have access to are large enough that I, I don't really feel like I'm confined. Right. So just just being in the Obsidian Field lands and the Crimson Mire lands, like, you know what? This is enough game for me. I'm good yeah, here. Like right now. Yeah. Like I just have yet to explore all there is and what I currently have access to. Right. So I, Where are you? myself, uh, I actually just, I conquered my third Lord of the Isles, which if you're playing the game, you know what that is. If you're not, it's, it's kind of what's replacing gym battles. Uh, it's not really a gym battle. It's, it's hard to explain. It's kind of like an old action RPG boss. Uh, yeah, it, it's really, it's, it's pretty sick. It's it's a cool system. Very reminiscent of the kind of games I played growing up where like you had to figure out the right strategy. And then once you did, it's like you do that till you win. Obviously, the boss gets harder and all that. But it's like, yeah. And this this adds to something else that's unique about the game that I liked. I heard some people didn't love it, but the Pokemon is attacking you until you put another Pokemon out for him to like battle with so it's not just uh oh, i hope my pokemon are okay it's like no th this thing's gonna kill you <laughs> yeah i really love it uh and it also the curve the level curve of the game feels a lot more natural to me uh, because in most pokemon games you're a child you're you're 10 or a 12 year old i think you're like 15 and pokemon black too but you are a child fighting against this massive evil organization and for no apparent reason, <laughs> they're all using Pokemon around the same level as yours. And, in, you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus, they're like, you know, uh, that's that's pretty much the strongest Pokemon we've ever seen. And it's like level 28. Yeah, and it's true because they just haven't done that yet. Yeah, I I liked that, too. I, I like the setting for this game where it's before a lot of the other Pokemon. They're still figuring out what Pokemon are. How do we interact with them? What is the best way to treat Pokemon? Um, oh, this is a question I had for you that I actually wasn't planning on doing on the show, but I just thought that you would be more likely to know than me because um, I. OK, first off, I'm really bad with the names. So y'all excuse me because we talk Pokemon and I only remember the names of the first gen because of that annoying song from the TV show. And I also missed a couple of the games after the first gen game. And, you know, I started playing again, but I still have some holes in the lore that I know. Um, have they were they retconning how Pokeballs work here? Or is this the first time they ever explained it? So in the games, I want to say this is the first time they've ever explained it. Uh, they have explained it in the Pokemon anime. But I, I don't remember exactly what they said there. Uh, but I'm okay. pretty sure that's just how it works. Okay. Cause I never heard that before. I had always assumed it was like a little pocket dimension in the Pokeball, And that's why they're able to fit. And in this, they're like, actually the Pokemon just gets really small and gets in there. <laughs> right. Apparently they could just shrink. Yeah. It's, it's probably a, a retcon, a small one, but yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure. 
they, they definitely put a lot of effort into making it clear that we're not mistreating animals here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The Pokemon love this. They enjoy beating the ball. Right. Yeah. It's um, like, uh, like that scene from iCarly, for my younger yeah. folk out there. You know, flies like to die. Don't you, <laughs> little fly. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, what, what was it? What, what was it? I was gonna, I was thinking, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember the name of the game. It was like Pokemon Safari or something. It was on GameCube. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, there was Pokemon Coliseum, Gale of Darkness. You you went around and took pictures of the Pokemon. Snap. That doesn't sound right. Well, I'm gonna look up Pokemon games on GameCube. Uh, Pokemon Snap. I'm almost positive it's what you're looking for. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But the point was, you, you didn't fight Pokemon in that game. You went to, like, surprise and take a picture. And if they saw you, they ran away. And it really irritated me playing that because I was like, I want to fight them. And I love how in this, some Pokemon are more prone to try to fight you. And you have to battle and calm them down. And some are, you have to, like, tease them out with berries and stuff. And some will just get scared and run away. All right. But Which, you can sneak up on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like that. Uh, the earlier ones, I feel like Abra is the only one that ever really just ran away like that. The fact that like it actually was difficult to catch Pikachu because he's like out in the open of nowhere when I found him and there was no grass. And I'm like, how am I going to sneak up on this thing? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you can get into it. Uh, the different styles of Pokeballs here uh, because the battle mechanics aren't the same. Uh, a lot of them serve different functions. A lot of them are brand new. Uh, so you can get the feather ball and the wing ball, which fly much, much farther than regular Pokeballs. And you're supposed to use them to catch Pokemon that are flying around or hide in the patch of grass that's 60 meters away from the Pokemon you're trying to hit and catch yeah. it from there. Or the heavy ball, if you can get behind it and get really close, you have a strong chance of catching it that way. And it just... Yeah, they changed every dynamic of this. I, I liked, I love the story so far. Um, like I said, the intro was a little long, but I'm really interested in this whole, they're trying to figure out what their God is doing. Is it a God of time? Is it a God of space? I, I like the story. I like the gameplay. I just, I really enjoy everything about it. Um, was there anything that you did not like about this game? So the only thing, I guess probably things I don't like about this game is um, it feels a little fetch questy at times, which, you know, all RPGs do at one point or another. It's like, hey, I need you to go here and do this and then come back. Or, hey, I need you to bring this there, what have you. Uh, the other thing is convenience. Just it was so convenient in Pokemon Sword and Shield to change your party because you could just pull it up in your menu and take Pokemon from your PC and put them in your party. And I, I didn't realize how much I would miss that. But that is not an issue with the game. It just fits in the world. It makes sense. Of course, you can't access your PC in the field. You don't have a PC. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that it's tribal and everything's like 
older. The way the Pokemon balls look and stuff, even I, I just think it's all incredible. Um, I, I am curious though, because I didn't play Sword and Shield yet. Didn't that make the game a little too easy though? Like just to be able to like, oh, my Pokemon are mostly fainted. Let me just swap them all out real quick. Sure. If you played like a loser. <laughs> oh, so you just wouldn't swap them if they fainted? No. Okay. I mean, I guess that's fair. I, Actually, that was I'm not thing. sure if it let you do that. I don't know oh. if I ever tried. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure if this was just me or what. Um, it, it sounds like you probably agree with me on this, though. Um, so I played the new Pokemon Diamond. I didn't play the original, so I don't know what the original difficulty was like, but everything was incredibly easy, and I always felt like I had infinite Pokeballs, more or less. And in this, I'm like, I'm struggling. I have to like make sure I get the material to craft my Pokeballs and stuff so I don't run out. I actually get in danger of my Pokemon dying a few times and not having revives. And I'm like, this is actually like it's not a hard game by any means. But it didn't feel easy. And I liked that. Yeah. So the original Diamond was a lot harder than Brilliant Diamond. Uh, which was my biggest issue with the remakes. They're too easy. Uh, this definitely rectifies that uh, because it's open world and there are these things called alpha Pokemon. And if you run up on an alpha Pokemon and you're not prepared, it is going to kill you. Yeah. Um, not a man like me, a Dark Souls veteran. Uh, I could dodge Pokemon attacks all day. But if it you start to fight again... <laughs> You don't fight alpha Pokemon unless your Pokemon are at the same level. Because, man, they are extremely strong and very large. Yeah. And even when they are the same level, they are still difficult. They are strong. Uh, alpha Pokemon have a boost to their stats. Uh, and I think they're IVs. If they do have IVs. Yeah. I've only caught two alphas so far, and I don't think I use either of them. But they stay in my pasture, and I like walking by there just seeing the giant bug and... This, uh, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. I think it was a beaver. Oh yeah, uh, Biberel, and what's the other one? Um, the, the first alpha, the like the not the first alpha, but like the bug that you encounter before you get to ride the deer. Cleaver. <laughs> don't you love that? I just don't know the names of any of these. Uh, no, he was he was like way early on. I look and to my knowledge, if you're just playing through the game. Bibero would have been the first alpha Pokemon you meet. Bibero? Yeah. How do he's the beaver. What? No. <laughs> what, when would you have met him in the story? Because it, it tells you like, hey, go here. And the only path there takes you straight past one. I feel like I didn't see that. How'd you catch it? I, I ran across it when I was doing one of those things where I was just running crazy places and it was like out in the middle of nowhere. All right. Yeah. But the, the bug thing was actually part of one of the missions. Like you had to fight it. And I was like, I'm just going to catch it. And it let me. And that was nice. Yeah. I'm going to need you to learn the names for these Pokemon jobs. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, guys, I am looking it up right now. But I do love this game. It's so fun uh, getting to ride Were Deer, Ursa Luna, 
Basque Legion. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's so good. I want to say it's the evolution of the. Um, okay, here it is. Uh, Cricket Tune. Cricket Tune. Oh, yeah. Alpha Cricket Tune. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hilarious to walk by the pasture and just see this giant cricket looking thing just staring at me. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, I could go on for uh, probably a very long time about things I actually like about this game. I won't. Yeah, Yeah, we probably probably went on long enough about things that we enjoy. It's a really fun game. Really? uh, What did you think of the story? I mentioned how how I felt about it. How do do you feel about it? Because you know a little bit more about the Pokemon gods and all that. Yeah, so far I like the story. Uh, I like the mythology they're setting up in world. Like, no, these sixteen Pokemon or twelve Pokemon or whichever it was, uh, just got power directly from the Almighty Sinnoh, which I think is really funny because when they're talking about Sinnoh. They mean Arceus. I'm assuming they're yeah. talking about Arceus. Yeah, and I'm you're assuming that- these plates as you go, you're getting the plates that let Arceus change his type. <sighs> That's what that is. Yeah, that's what those. Um, that's going to be fun. I, ho- I I'm assuming we're going to get to catch Arceus in this game. If we get all of the plates and then aren't able to catch Arceus, I'm going to make this game a seven out of ten. <laughs> but also, I know okay. you can't. Fair enough. Oh, well, I didn't until now. <laughs> um, so, do you think there are any misconceptions that people have about this game specifically? I have not heard any. Yeah, I, I mean, the closest I get is where they think it's just another like Pokemon Sword and Shield. And then some people are like, oh, it's not even a real Pokemon game. Um, I heard a lot beforehand of how it was open world. And a lot of people are like, it's not even really open world. It's open world. It might not be open enough for you. I consider it an open world game. Yeah, well, the world only gets more open as you play. Yeah, so and I have spent a long time recently just running around looking for different pokemon because i'm like i'm i know i saw an abra once i will find him again and i'm just gonna keep running around until i see it yeah yeah i haven't caught him also I'm going to. i really like the distortion zones uh which is a really cool chance to find rarer pokemon and also sometimes alpha pokemon of those rare pokemon will show up in a distortion zone i saw an alpha eevee earlier what? Which really sucks because when Eevees see you, they run away. Even uh, Alpha? Yeah. But it's really hard to catch an Alpha Pokemon, even if you sneak up on it and hit it in the back. So I did not catch the Alpha Eevee. That's disappointing. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. I. Yeah. The, the open worldness is fun. They're just running around and being crazy. When I found Turtwig, which I wasn't even looking for Turtwig. I really freaked out. I was so excited. I, he was my favorite part of Di- the Pokemon Diamond was getting to play as him, leveling him up to whatever that final evolution is. TJ, say the name. Torterra. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I named him Squirtle, so he was Squirtle for every evolution to me. But he was my favorite part of Pokemon Diamond. So when I found him, I was so excited. And then naturally, I left the little... um area that he's in i won't give too much away in case you know people just want to find him but i left that little area and immediately was hit by a alpha whatever that b is tj which b <laughs> not the honeycomb but the bigger one vespa quinn okay yeah ran into an alpha that 
barely beat it, but I beat it. And then I ran into like, uh, I think it was one of those little mosquitoes I got in a fight with somehow and it killed me. Mosquitoes? Yeah, dragonfly. Mothim? Or Yanma? Dragonflies? Yanma is a dragonfly, but yeah, they're yeah. not aggressive. I don't tell you, man. Yeah, a lot of Pokemon will just walk up to you and sit there. Yeah, that's another thing. I, I I like how they all have different things, and for some of them, it's actually just a bad idea to fight them if you're going to catch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really fun. It made the Pokemon team a lot more realistic, a lot larger. It wasn't just go here, beat the gym leader, go here, beat the gym leader. I mean, it, it was, which I love that format. I love regular Pokemon, but fantastic to get to do a little bit more in this. Um, so TJ, could you explain the Pokemon gods and what is this diamond pearl clan that we see in the game? Like who, who are they? Why are they called that? So I can try to explain the, uh, the gen four Pokemon gods. Uh, so it, they're called the creation trio and they are Dialga, Palkia and Giratina. Uh, we haven't seen Giratina in Arceus. I don't think Giratina is in Arceus. Uh, they'll probably add him in later uh, because we also didn't see him in the Diamond and Pearl remakes or the original Diamond and Pearl. He got his own game, Pokemon Platinum. And hmm. that's where he was, uh, which is unfortunate because Giratina is by far the coolest of the creation trio. Uh, that's not my opinion. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, Mm-hmm. I just have to take your word for it. Yep. Uh, but Dialga represents time. And if you're playing Pokemon Legends Arceus, you'll see it. Uh, Adamant values his time very highly. He mentions it all the time. Uh, but the tribes, clans in Arceus are Diamond and Pearl, basically. And one of them worships Dialga as the true almighty Sinnoh. And the others worship Palkia as the true almighty Seno. And they're both wrong, which we know. And we can think that's funny because we know Arceus made both of them. So Arceus was added to the Gen 4 godhood later on. And that's when the Pokemon company was like, yeah, Arceus created everything, actually. Including uh, everything. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So did he he create everything or did the creation trio create everything? Or did he create the creation trio so, and by proxy he created everything? Arceus created the creation trio and everything. So the creation trio didn't do anything? No, they have control over it though. So why are they still called the creation trio? <laughs> That's a great question. But I'm going to move on anyway. <laughs> uh so basically, Dialga's time, Palkia's space. Uh, there's a couple of funny puns in there with the clan names. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The leader of the that. Diamond Clan is called Adaman, which is, you know, like Adamant Diamond, which I believe is a more direct translation for uh, the Japanese name Brilliant Diamond. Yeah. And Pearls is Irid- Iridina. I'm also assuming that it has a layer of that meta humor. I'm, I'm assuming that the god that the Diamond Clan follows is the Pokemon, the legend Pokemon that you can catch in Pokemon Diamond. Right. Correct. Which, if you didn't know, 
the Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl has nothing to do with these clans, right? Like that's just what they called the games. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's correct. I feel like this is the first time that any names of the games were actually part of the game <laughs> that I'm aware of. Yes, unless you count like Pokemon Black and White, which was funny because in Pokemon Black, you caught the White Legendary and Pokemon White, you caught the Black Legendary. <laughs> but I don't think that really counts. No, but it is funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, so does Arceus, is he, did he create time and space also then? Uh, yeah, he did. Awesome. So he did both. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. So that being said, um, that kind of leads well into our theological philosophical theme of time and space. Did God create it? Is God in time? Um, TJ, we've actually talked about this on our other podcast, the whole church podcast before. We have. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, did God create time? Is he in time? Does he have his own timeline? What do you think? Well, in my opinion, I believe that uh, God did create time and can operate independently of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So for those who don't know, the Bible does say that God was, is, and is to come. Um, but that doesn't, that is the closest we get to God's relationship to time, really that. And there's another place where he says, uh, you know, a minute to, or a minute to God is like a thousand years to us or something. And that was sort of just, I don't think that was meant literally. I think that was just a explanation that time does work differently for God in some way. I don't think the Bible ever explicitly tells us how. I don't think it literally means that God was, is, and is to come. I don't think it means he's present in all three. I It doesn't say he created time. Um, in fact, it says in the beginning he did stuff. So we know he existed in the beginning. But we don't know if he created the beginning. There was already stuff that existed in the beginning. Earth existed. It was just void. And he had to create the land and water and everything on it. But Genesis 1 says... In the beginning, there was the earth. It was void. So it was already there. Um, so I don't necessarily know if God created space or time. He created things in both. Uh, what I do think is that he has a unique relationship to it, and I doubt very seriously that we're capable of understanding it. Yeah. So I personally think it's mostly not worth talking about. It's interesting to think about every now and then, but... I don't think we're capable of grasping his relationship to it. Yeah. But that being said, there is a verse that talks about God's superiority to space and time that we wanted to read because we always do a verse with these. And Isaiah 40, 21 through 22, I think this is the Christian standard Bible. And it says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has not been declared to you from the very beginning, the beginning of time. Have you not considered the foundations of the earth, the foundations of space, maybe? God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. He's above space. He's above its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a thin cloth and spreads them out into a tent to live in. God is above time. He's before, I mean, he's before time, above space. And he can just play with it however he wants. 
We don't know exactly what his relationship to it, it is, but we know he is superior and we know that he is fully capable of seeing our timeline and helping us where we are in space. And I think that's the important thing to grasp is wherever you are and whatever time it is, God is there. He's there with you. All right. The Bible's pretty clear that he's omnipresent. So he is everywhere. We know that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really yeah. just don't doubt God. He can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe we should not doubt Arceus because is he not the one who sent us on the mission and uh, po- in the beginning of this Pokemon game? I don't know. If, did it say explicitly? I know there was a bright light and a God was talking to us. It did not say it explicitly, but it definitely was Arceus. Sweet. So I'm going to say we shouldn't doubt him. That weird phone he gave us in the Pokemon game. I'm going to keep playing and acting as though he has my best intentions in mind. Right. And that is also how I'm going to go through life. That is God very has. funny. Very funny to me. The phone thing. Yeah. Arceus was just like, well, you know, I know you can't live without it. So I'm just going to make it look like me and you can use it while you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's another interesting aspect of this game was, yes, it's set super early on, but your character is from the future and was just sent by Arceus. And I don't know why yet. I'm excited to find out. I hear there's a hidden, a hidden modern day room somewhere in the game that you can find. And that intrigues me. Yeah. Another cool thing is uh, if you played the Diamond and Pearl games, you'll see they hint at a lot of characters ancestry in this game uh, entirely through hairstyles. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. You uh, I guess you haven't noticed, but uh, Volo is implied to be Cynthia's great grandpa. However many greats. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a ton of references. Uh, Arezu, one of the Diamond Clan wardens, is implied to be Commander Mars's ancestor. Uh, yeah, there's just so many. Yeah, I really had no idea how much playing Pokemon Diamond and Pearl was going to be important to this game. I did not think they were going to have any relation whatsoever. <laughs> right, because as a man who loves Pokemon, you know shockingly little about Pokemon. <laughs> I know a lot about the first gen and I've played some of the more recent games. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out that I missed the big one, which was diamond and pearl where a lot of the lore was explained. Yeah. But until like a couple months ago, I also got to say one of my favorite little details in this game is the Pokedex, which is just like an old notebook. And because they don't understand Pokemon's relationships to each other, they are no longer listed as it, like, you know, Charmander, Charizard, or Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard. They would be out of order because they just didn't know that those three Pokemon were the same Pokemon. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I think Bidoof and Bibarel are like 10 or so entries away from each other, and most Pokemon are like that. They're just, you have to look at them in separate places. Yeah. Which adds extra interest for me when there are those like second, third, fourth gen Pokemon, which I've played some of the fourth gen now, but there's still some of those generations of Pokemon included that I just don't recognize. So I'll catch this thing and I'm like, I don't know if it evolves or not. And the Pokedex does not really give me any clues. Right. I think this would be a really fun game to be someone's first Pokemon game. I, yeah, I definitely agree. If you're going to, 
get started somewhere, this is a great place to get started. Um, however, but, I feel like it would make some of the older games feel yeah a lot older. <laughs> if I was going to actually recommend somebody start somewhere, I would say start with Pokemon White or Black. Because to me, that's the best place to start. Yeah, but I did like this. You know, one complaint I heard about this um, was the graphics. What did you think about the graphics in this game? I think uh, the graphics literally don't matter at all uh, because it's a Pokemon game. <laughs> Listen, I thought the complaint was just so weird because I, I love I think the game looks beautiful personally. Um, I think the complaints that they have, I originally just saw as like that was they intentionally made it look this way. Like it was an artistic style. I didn't think of it as a graphic failure. I was just like, I think they meant for it to look this way. And I'm so used to all Pokemon games being this flat 2D looking thing that I'm like, I don't understand why you're complaining about graphics in a Pokebot game. I still remember playing Pokemon when it was all flat 2D and it was black and white. Yeah. So if you noticed right there, uh, you would have noticed that Josh did not play any of the 3D Pokemon games that have come out recently. Uh, I mean, I played the new diamond <laughs> yeah that's it but uh, I, I, they I did a fantastic black. job with the animations in this game yeah yeah i just so, disagree with that complaint right fundamentally a lot of people are worried about the render distance and in my opinion your render distance does not need to be that far i don't care what the mountain on the other side of the island looks like i'll get there eventually <laughs> yeah yeah, I think it's a silly complaint. Um, anyway, so back to trusting God at all, <laughs> that he's there with you at any time and space. Trusting Sano or Arceus. Um, what action can we learn to take or not take from that lesson, TJ? Well, I think uh, definitely don't doubt God. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. Um, if I had to give you a practical action, it's going to be really dumb. But uh, pray. <laughs> Pretty simple. Um, my thing is, I think a lot of the times when we pray, we do it as like a superficial, superstitious. I'm saying these correct words and maybe God will honor me because I've been good recently and that kind of thing. Or, you know, we quote prayers, which it irritates me so much that people quote the Lord's Prayer when in the Bible, the same chapter in our English, because, you know, the original didn't have chapters, but. Hang in there with me. Same chapter in our current English ones. Jesus also says, hey, when you pray, don't repeat empty phrases. He specifically says, yeah, just don't repeat prayers. That's bad. <laughs> and then we all proceed to repeat his prayer. Good times. Yeah. But uh, when you pray, I would say do it relationally. Like, uh, like you would if you were talking to someone that you knew and cared about. And do it as if you truly believed God was right there. Uh, I believe he's more likely to listen if you act like he's there and not like you're just hoping that you're saying the right words. Yeah. Does that uh, that sound like solid to you? That Yeah, that sounds like something to me. <laughs> well, I feel like that's uh, getting closer to, to TJ's philosophy on life of a... Um, I'm trying to remember wh what you call it, but you're... Uh, not casual spirituality, but no, I'm almost positive. That's what I said. Actually, you did. You did. Okay. Cause I, I just remembered it, it's sort of a, because 
you know that God is there and stuff. You actually just act that way. And it doesn't come off as this super spiritual thing. It's a, no, man, there'll be food when I'm there. God said he'd provide for me. So it's going to be there. And then it will be. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I like how your version of trusting God and what it looks like is just this. It looks casual because you really believe it. So there's no reason to get in a whole big fit about it. And I think that's uh, probably a good stance for more people to take. If you're freaking out about whether or not God's answering your prayers, really brings into question if you believe he's there. So be more like TJ. That's my takeaway from this episode. <laughs> yeah, I can't in good conscience uh, condone that message. <laughs> I think it's just because you're humble. See, be humble. Be more like TJ, guy. Be yourself. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what would be different if people did truly just believe that God was there and acted like it instead of getting in a whole fit and trying to say the right words and do the whole super religious thing? If people just acted like God was truly there, what changes would we see in their lives and in the world? Well, I think a lot less people would worry. Uh, we'd get a lot more easygoing. A lot less anger, a lot less disappointment. That all sounds like good things. People should probably do that. Perhaps. I should probably do that. I should listen to what we're seeing right now and proceed to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I, I do want to put the caveat out there. I'm not condemning people for repeating the Lord's Prayer or for saying a prayer that's part of a liturgy. If you truly mean it, it's not an empty phrase. You're not repeating an empty phrase if you truly mean it. I'm just trying to encourage you to also pray in your own words and talk to God for yourself. Yeah. Right. All right. So, you know, before we get into the wrap up, this is not the wrap up. Uh, <laughs> I got to ask, uh, do you have a favorite change in Pokemon Legends Arceus? And it can be anything. It can be a form change or anything like that. Yeah. And if you do, do you No, I'm asking you right now, Josh. Well, oh, yeah. oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought that was for the audience. It will be. Uh, okay. Uh, a favorite change. I do love how the evolution, like the, when they evolve, I love how it looks, but I don't think that would be my favorite. I think how you find Pokemon, the fact that I'm not just blindly going into grass and waiting for something to pop up, the fact that I'm actively searching for things that are physically around. That is probably my favorite change. I really enjoy just the way you go about looking for Pokemon in this. Right. And for those who haven't played it yet, but did play Pokemon Sword and Shield, they did take it a step further. Uh, you can no longer encounter Pokemon jumping out of grass at all. Uh, Sword and Shield had a lot of above ground Pokemon, you know, open world Pokemon, but not all of them. Arceus, they're all up there. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I keep meaning to play Sword and Shield and just haven't done it yet. Yep, you should. Yeah. But for me, I'm going to say I really like a lot of the Hisuian Pokemon, the Hisuian forms, specifically Arcanine and Growlithe. Uh, Decidueye, I was not a fan of at first. Uh, they changed Decidueye's vibe big, and I love the original Decidueye. But after I got one, I love him. He's so cool. He's just got the, the straw hat. He's got his rain cape <laughs> on. He's just a samurai. And it's awesome. They had nice. to change his signature move. 
but his new one is just as cool as Spirit Shackle was, in my opinion. Hmm. But yeah, I would also like to ask you, the audience, uh, if you have a favorite Pokemon Legends Arceus change and what it is, let us know. Yeah. Uh, At the risk of sounding too manly, the Growlithe is so cute. Just adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TJ, you're doing D&D today. You want to tell about it? So if you uh, if you've you know listened to the show before, you've probably heard of us heard us shill ourselves on Patreon. Uh, well, if you do decide to support us on Patreon and uh, join the ally tier, you can join our D&D campaign, which we are now playing every other week, including tonight, the night of recording this in about an hour. And we're going through two annihilation. We currently have two players and they could use one of y'all's help. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying they're going to die tonight, but. You're not saying they're not going to die. I'm not saying they won't. Um, and and uh, for those who didn't catch that, he's talking about the ally tier. There's a lot of tiers over there. Typically, our D&D, which it will go back to this, in order to be a part of it, you have to do the superhero tier, which is a lot of money a month. But currently, since we're just a baby podcast and we want to encourage all of you guys and give you guys as much content as we can, it's open to any tier. Uh, you get... All of the bonuses over there at any tier right now for the first, I think it's like 20 Patreons. So some strong incentives. I've heard the game that TJ did. Sounds like a lot of fun. If I had more time, I would be a part of it. Right. And, you know, we could use as much help as we can get. Uh, I will say after the probably fifth person joins, we're going to have to cut it off and maybe start another campaign, another session. Yeah. Uh, so alternate who gets to be a part. Yeah. Join when you can. And now it is time for the wrap up. So Josh, uh, do you have any recommendations uh, for our audience this week today? I feel like I have a lot of recommendations. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of things that I've been enjoying recently. Um, how about how I'll, I'll do this? I, I haven't recommended it yet for some reason. Um, Doctor Who, the last couple seasons kind of fell flat for me. I know, especially Flux fell flat for a lot of people. I had a lot, I had high hopes. You heard the episode I did with Joe. I thought they'd going to pull out something cool. The ending was awful. The whole thing fell flat to me. But after they did that season, the Eve of the Daleks special was absolutely fantastic. I recommend that to anyone who likes sci-fi. Yeah. All right. You don't really need to understand Doctor Who to get that episode. All right. And uh, me personally, I cannot recommend highly enough Dying Light 2. Uh, Even if you haven't played Dying Light 1, please get Dying Light 2. Uh, I've heard it is having some issues on PS4. I would not know. I'm playing the PS5 version. You have a PS5? I do. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I want a PS5. It's nice. Um, I recommend TJ give me a PS5. I'm just kidding. I do also, recommend. Oh. I play Guilty Gear. They're great fighting games. I love them. Cast is so diverse and it feels balanced. And it's just deep enough. I love those games. Yeah. I do recommend 
that you guys come back and listen, I think in like a week or two, where TJ and Brandon are going to talk about all things zombie, especially Dying Light 2. Sounds like it's going to be a fun episode because TJ's pretty passionate about this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, so, uh, Josh, where can people follow you? And, you know, what else you can do online? Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm JMN9249, uh, which was my school idea at UNCW. Um, or you can find the whole church podcast on Facebook or Instagram. That's the other podcast TG and I do. Also, wherever you're listening now, you can just type in the whole church podcast. It'll pop up. And also if you go to systematic org, you can hit host, go down the menu. You can click on my name or TJ's name, and it'll have all the episodes that we're on right there on the website. So you can just listen to everything we have said about geeky things. All right. And if you would like to follow me on social media, uh, no, you wouldn't. You are welcome. <laughs> But also, I am on Instagram at manifinesse.destiny. That's uh, M-A-N-I-F-I-N-E-S-S-E dot D-E-S-T-I-N-Y. So you can follow me there, and uh, you'll get absolutely nothing out of me. I do not see a post that me and him uh, were on Cumberland Island like three years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Um, That is my last one, I'm pretty sure. So next episode, uh, we will be talking about uh, The Horse and His Boy with host Joe Day and Brandon Knight. Uh, You can go to our website in the description to let us know what you've been geeking out on, what we should be geeking out on. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.